This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lodridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. We're looking for your personal finance questions, as we do each Tuesday, but this morning we'll also discuss some silly or foolish ways that you can wreck your credit. For example, are you thinking about co-signing a car loan for your child? Do you have a lot of unpaid traffic or parking tickets, or have you let a bill go unpaid for too long? You can call us this morning with your comments about uh, credit or your personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. or email the show money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. Hope that you had a good weekend. Oh, I had a busy weekend, Kevin. Um, I was in New York City at a conference, the Quinnipiac Game Conference, and took a group of Mississippi College students there. Um, great financial conference. Got to hear from um, the lot of uh, big Wall Street names and uh, people from Bloomberg and uh, CNBC and um, learned a lot of things, uh, saw the city and um, saw the bull and the girl got my picture taken with the girl facing the bull. Do you not know about the girl? Kevin? No, I know about the bull, but not the girl. Yeah, so the bull is in just this small little area in the middle of a street. And uh, so just this last year, State Street Bank and Trust then installed a bronze little girl who is standing facing the bull with her hands on her hips. <laughs> and uh, the message there was, uh, we, we need more women in financial services, and we need more women to serve on corporate boards. And so it's become very popular, and I think they've extended this day of the bronze girl and maybe are talking about about making it permanent. All right. Uh, I, I, my brother lives in New York City, so I've been up to visit a couple of times. And, uh, you know, the, the city that never sleeps is certainly true. And I mean, there's just so much you can do there that I, I almost need a vacation from my vacation when I get back because you're, it's go, 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 go. I, I, you know, and, and, and understand, I was, I was with 18 to 22-year-olds and... and <laughs> And and I'm kind of tired. They they can um, manage more than I can. And I will say, when they were just dragging and saying, I need to sleep, I'm like, no, no. If the old woman can keep going, you can too. Uh, what about some financial news in the news? Well, um, I learned a few things at the conference and uh, got to hear from the St. Louis uh, Federal Reserve President, and he was interviewed by Kathleen Hayes, who's, who is a Bloomberg Radio personality, and they simulcast this on Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. And um, what surprised me there is he talked about really, even though we are hearing about we're going to have more interest rate increases, we already had one recently, his attitude was we don't need to increase interest rates because uh, economic growth is still very slow. They are projecting about 2.1% for 2017, 2% for 2018. And uh, first quarter GDP was very slow, under 1%, but first quarter for the last few years has been very slow and then catches up. And um, 
uh, inflation is only 1.9%, well within their target. So they, he thinks, of course, he's just one vote on that board, that we don't need to raise those rates. There's no reason to be proactive. And so the question was, well, what about all these plans? What if we have infrastructure spending? What if we have tax reform? What if we have drastic cuts in regulation? Well, yes, that certainly would spur additional growth. But because we're at such a good spot right now that his attitude was we're going to take a wait and see. Let's see what those policies actually are, what actually happens, and then respond. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're going to talk today about some uh, silly ways that you might be harming your credit. Also, as uh, each Tuesday morning, we look for any personal finance questions that you have for us. Uh, if you've made a silly mistake and be, would be willing to own up to it, we'd certainly appreciate that for the conversation. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We do have an early call on the line, so we will go to Flowood and invite Billy into the program. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. What's your question for us? I have a question. I owe the IRS back taxes for three years, and I've been paying $1,000 a month, and I've inherited quite a sum of money and I can clear the debt, how can I negotiate directly with the IRS and do what like Optima Tax Relief does? Is there someone I could meet with personally to negotiate that number if I paid it in full? Well, um, you really need to have uh, maybe a CPA. Do you have a CPA? Yes, ma'am. Okay, go back to that person and um, just talk to him or her and say, this is what I want to do. I want to go ahead and just clear it out and let them be the go-between because they have some experience. They should have some experience in doing that, in working with those IRS representatives and coming up with that number that will clear everything out at once. And I think that's a good thing for you to do. Okay, thank you. Good luck. Thanks for the call, Billy. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, so, Nancy, what do you think maybe some common mistakes uh, that people make that really end up uh, hurting their credit score? Well, here's one that I have made many times, <laughs> and I'm vowing not to make it again. It's very hard for me, which is when you open new credit accounts. So when I go into a store and they say, my goodness, you can get 10 or 20 percent off if you open a credit card with us and and I can open it up and then pay it off. And even if I close it down, I am dinging my credit. So anytime you open up new lines of credit, you're going to hurt your score. So I'm trying very hard. I have a friend I can call when I get into that bind and think, oh gosh, I can't just pass up that uh, 10% off. Well, that, so that's interesting, though, because one one of the bits of advice you've given before, which I think is a good one, is to sort of play the game with the credit card companies, and that is benefit from their rewards. But right. you've got to keep an eye on that that you, you don't you have maybe that you don't have maybe that you too don't many have balls. too many and, yeah. and open up too many. And the other thing is. Uh, you really need to maintain some old lines of credit because there is some weight put on the length of time you've had an account. And so it might be tempting to close something down, but, you know, keep it open if you've had it for several years and that will work in your favor. Uh, yeah, especially if you have that good record of, of paying on time and, and, and not, uh, you know, uh, using that credit a lot, that history uh, will help you. Um, also, just let me say that the state of Mississippi has negotiated for 
free credit reports mm-hmm. and free credit scores. There's a limit to the number. I think it's like the first 50,000. I did sign up and I got my credit score. Okay. Um, so you have to go through a process and sign up. Um, I'm not sure of the website. I found it at one point. I think if you go to the uh, AG Jim Hood org possibly right that that's the main and I think you could probably find a link to it from there well I signed up filled in some information and then I got an email to activate it and once I did that then I could go in and see my score and that's good too because again uh, you're getting both the credit report which you can look at get familiar with look for those uh, mistakes in there or something that's not accurate but also it does help to give you a credit score to give you a general idea of where you are in terms of uh, if you need to borrow something in the future Right. We've got some open phone lines, so if you have a personal finance question this morning or if you'd be willing to share uh, maybe a silly way that you've kind of dinged your credit, give us a call today. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And I guess there are a number of things that uh, go into a credit score. Um, It's uh, the amount of credit you have, um, how good you are at keeping up on payments, um, those sorts of things. So uh, w- what are maybe some of the other ones that, that, that they look at in terms of... Okay, I have to think about this because remember, I, I, I've been in New York with a bunch of kids. I'm kind of <laughs> tired this morning, Kevin. <laughs> but there's a great um, video I show to my students and you can find it on the Federal Reserve website that explains how they calculate a credit score. And uh, you will see the things that weigh more heavily on that. Um, the big issue, of course, is do you pay your bills on time? And so so that's one of the main things. About a third of it will uh, come from that history of your payments. And then somewhere close to a third will come from um, the, uh, what will we call your, your debt uh, amount that's, your total debt that's out there. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have these other things. There are about five things. I mentioned one of them being the length of your history, uh, also uh, new credit coming up. Um, also, they they look at the types of credit. So it's you want to have different types of credit, a mortgage plus credit cards, plus um, car loans. So that shows that you can manage different types of credit. And uh, creditkarma.com is a site that I found that's useful. It also uh, gives you some insight uh, about um, where you might be uh, red flags uh, in in your credit report or something uh, that might affect your credit score. So there are a number of ways uh, to find some information out there, and I think it's a good idea to do so. And, you know, you did talk about uh, paying on time, and I agree that's one of the biggies. And so that's why, again, we talk about setting up automatic, uh, you know, monthly uh, deductions from a checking account or something, because you certainly don't want to say, oops, I forget it, and then get one of those. Yeah, and that has happened to me. and in fact, when I went through and got these uh, the free credit score and the free credit report, I have a really good score, but I was so annoyed with myself because a couple of years ago, because now all of my statements are coming to me by email, they're not showing up in my regular mailbox, and I had something that got lost in my email box, you know, shoved into uh, another area, and I missed a payment. And so that is still hanging out there, and that will hang out there maybe for up to seven years. Right. That's one of those, you see that and it just, you're... Uh. I know, for something really silly. <laughs> Another thing, this just real quick, that, that uh, I was doing my uh, banking online payments for this month and uh, I was going to send several hundred dollars to a credit card and I, uh, fortunately I caught it in time, but I actually 
uh, authorized it to send it to my brother. So I'm sure if it had gone through, he was oh, like... Oh, he would have been so happy, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, I caught it in time. So you no, said uh, Merry Christmas early. That's right. No windfall for my brother on that one. Hey, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got some open phone lines ready for your personal finance questions. We're also talking today about silly ways to wreck your credit. So if you'd be willing to come on the air and talk about how your credit got dinged, uh, that'll help all of us uh, to try to prevent that in the future. The phone number to call to join the conversation this morning is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more Money Talks after this. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. We're looking for your personal finance questions this morning, but we're also talking about some silly ways that you can wreck your credit. We're going to have a list uh, provided to us by, where is it, where is it, money.msn.com. Uh, That's a site that I like to go to. It does have a lot of useful uh, personal finance uh, articles on there, so if you ever are uh, surfing the net, you might want to go there and see what they have on a daily basis. Uh, let's see. We've got some phone calls on the line, so why don't we jump into things by beginning again in Canton. Rob has called in today. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Go ahead. Uh, i got a couple of questions. First, about credit cards and the second on mortgage. Uh, credit cards, I pay off the balance each month on every carrier balance. Uh, Perfect. Three or four times, I've had offers to where they would carry a balance with no entrance no interest, uh, say five, $6,000. So I take opportunity of that and uh, what little bit of interest I could get from a savings account, you know, I would do it. Uh, can I do, I've got three or four credit cards like that that are basically inactive that I don't use. Does that count against me? Uh, that's my first question. And then my second question on the mortgage, I've got two houses, but both of them are paid off, no mortgage. What can be my strategy to make up for that uh, credit rating area that I'm missing? Well, I don't think you're going to have a problem uh, if you have a mortgage that's paid off. It's still going to be there on your history. Um, so I wouldn't worry about that. And um, are you looking to borrow money anytime soon? Uh, well, like in the next uh, week or two, I'll be uh, making a thirty thousand dollar uh purchase for tractor okay but but you're probably not gonna have any problem if you go back and look at your credit report and you see it's pretty clean i think you're going to be good uh that's not going to be an issue they look for people like you um now uh on the credit card side they may not be as happy with you because they don't really make as much they make 
money every time you make a purchase. But if you're paying them off at the end of every month, there are no interest charges. Um, I would say to you, be careful about using those 0% um, cards because sometimes there can be some hidden fees. Um, if you're transferring amounts from other cards, there typically yep. is a 2 to 3% fee up right. front to do yep. that. And I only encourage people to do that if they're in a bind with um, a lot of credit card debt that they're trying to work their way down. But if you don't have that situation, then don't bother with it. But just read the fine print on all of that. But otherwise, it sounds like you've learned how to play the credit game. Yeah, and uh, the one that I've found that I really like is the uh, 2% back cash credit card. And uh, like I said, do everything on credit card, basically, and then pay off the end of each month, and I don't mind getting the 2% money back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, Rob. Sounds like you're good uh, disciplined in uh, your personal finance. He needs finance. to teach some classes out there. <laughs> also, I think, uh, you know, remember, the, uh, we're talking about what what affect a credit score. Uh, so if you have credit cards that have a zero balance, th- there is a debate about whether to go ahead and close them out or not. Um, I, I probably wouldn't. Um, it may count against you a little bit as they're looking at what's the amount of credit that you have available that you could then just ramp it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might could clean out some just to make your life easier. And and certainly with issues of identity theft, it, it becomes more important to really keep control of that. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't get too excited about it. Because as you said, the important thing then is that history is there also that uh, would help with your ratio. So if you have more credit available, it will be more favorable on you because you're not using as much as your. It's interesting because you say your total credit is sort of a ding, but then the fact that you're not using much of it is a little bit of a push on right, your side. Right, right. All right, let's uh, head back to the phone lines. We're going next to Gulfport. Mary has called in today. Good morning, Mary. Hey, good morning. Go ahead. I, um, after Katrina, I was I received a small business administration loan, and I have been faithfully paying it off. I really have a couple more years before it's completed, but I'm now just paying off interest, as I understand it. Um, I've had a life-changing experience recently with retirement. And I'm wondering if the Small Business Administration would ever consider waiving the balance of that loan. And if so, what would I do to go about seeking that? Oh, my goodness. I I don't know if there are any programs available to you. I would suggest that you go back to them and explain your situation. Go back and look at the initial contract. Um, uh, You're just going to have to ask to see if there are any special programs that would help somebody in your situation. Otherwise, maybe not. And one other question. Um, I recently purchased an item from a big box store, and they offer an opportunity to purchase an extended warranty. Don't do it. Even okay, and 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 I say that um, most of the time it's just not worth it. It's just a way for them to tack on extra charges. Uh, most items have some built-in protection when you purchase something, and also based on basic law in the area. And um, so typically the extended warranty is not worth it. I I know I always will hear stories from people, but, oh, I bought the extended warranty and it saved me a bunch of money because my car broke down at this certain point. But most of the time, uh, the law of averages say don't do it. 
Okay. All right. Thanks for your call, Mary. My funny story about the extended warranty, I went to one of the big box stores. I think I was buying a washer or something, and we're talking about it, and the salesman says, well, did you want the extended warranty? And I said, well, no, the, the last washer I had lasted, you know, maybe 15, 20 years. He says, well, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. That's a great ad right yeah, there. I know. So in order to, to, to sell me the $50 extended warranty, he's sort of knocking the $250 appliance. But, yeah, they don't make them like they used to. But uh, I agree that it's, it, on a follow-up, and this is a personal thing for me, uh, I recently had to book an airline ticket, and they offer you that ticket insurance, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Have, have you heard of that? And what would your thought be on whether that's yeah, worth is it? Yeah, this, is this trip insurance or ticket insurance? It's... I think it says if you have to change your... Oh, uh, if you have to change the flight. Yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I, I usually turn that down. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you are taking your chances with some of that, but I don't, I'm don't. i not too concerned about it. Okay, and the other thing, I looked at some of the fine print, and it, it seemed to be mostly with an illness, you know, if someone is right. flying, and, and I, I didn't think that that would apply to me. But that, that was, I guess I don't book many tickets because that's the first time I came across that, so just curious on that. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. It's a busy day. We'd like to hear from you on uh, Money Talks. We'll go to Kevin in Jackson. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Terrific program. Thanks. Um, I have a silly way that I've taken my credit and then uh, a follow-up question as well. And uh, a few months ago, my wife and I weren't on the market for a house, but we ended up finding a home, coincidentally, that we just absolutely loved. And we got to rushing and, you know, trying to see what possibilities we could have. And we went to a few different mortgage providers and um, we're trying to get, you know, different quotes on uh, mortgages that we could get. And without really thinking about it, we authorized a couple of them to pull our credit so that they could give a report. Well, of course, that's two dings on our credit report. Um, and, and now, since it's been more than 90 days to finalize the mortgage, they're going to have to pull it again. And so I wish I had a, I wish I would have gone to them and said, please don't pull my credit. But, you know, if my credit score were this, can you give me some hypothetical loan scenarios to kind of shop around with uh, and I wish I wouldn't have had to rush and authorize them to do that because then on top of it uh, one of my credit cards that I I got originally when I was in college and I hadn't used it in years um, sent me a letter that said because we you haven't used your card in a while we're gonna you know we're gonna cancel your card and so then I additionally lost some more money on uh, lines of credit so I had to do some work over the past couple of months to get that credit back up, and I, I wish that hadn't happened. Which points out that you really need to be keeping up with this on a regular basis. Um, you can go to annualcreditreport.com and get a free credit report every year from each of the three agencies. And now that our attorney general... Uh, negotiated these uh, additional credit reports. We have, um, I think it's unlimited for a period of time. And and if you sign up, as I mentioned earlier in the program, you can get your credit score. So if you're looking to make a big purchase, like I'm going to buy a house, knowing that information up front means you don't have to then pursue, am I going to get approved? You already have a a score. You've looked at your credit report. you've, You've started to clean up any areas. So you know you're all ready and then you only need to then um, let them go ahead and pull the credit when you've signed a contract and you're ready to pursue this? Well, so, that's kind of my question because my credit card actually gives me a, uh, a credit score. It's, I don't believe it's a full report, but they at least give me 
um, you know, monthly or so, this is what your credit score is. Right. And when I was on the phone with our lender, um, as we prepare for him to pull the final report, he told me, he said, now don't be surprised if the report that I pull shows a number that's less than what your credit card company shows shows you. And he said something to the effect of the ones that your credit card provide isn't for credit reporting purposes, but why else would anybody want to look at their credit score if it wasn't for credit reporting purposes? And he said that there could be sometimes a discrepancy as much as 40 points. Wow, and yeah. I didn't, that didn't sound... Right, to me, so I was wondering if you had any experience with that or, or what that meant. Well, you need to understand that every credit reporting agency has a different way of calculating it. So you can have the same information on the three main agencies and have three different scores because they calculate it differently. That's the first thing. The second thing is you could have different information on different reports. And that's the reason you want to monitor that and check with all three agencies. And the other thing you need to recognize is that the score is not just this, okay, here's the number and that's it. Um, because that number that is required for a mortgage is going to be different than the number that is required to open a credit card account. And it could explain why on the credit card side they can be a lot looser with that number and give you an estimate because it is not as um, uh, tightly looked at and depended on as you would in a situation with a mortgage or even a car. All right, Kevin, uh, thanks for the call. Good, good call. We appreciate that. Let's uh, go on next. We've got Larry who's on the road with a comment for us. Go ahead, Larry. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to give you an experience I had with co-signing with someone about a, with an automobile loan. I've known the young lady for almost 12 years, so I didn't think there would be a problem. Uh, I co-signed with her. Everything really went well for 12 months, didn't have one issue whatsoever. Then she got in a bind, and she said, hey, I can't pay this car loan anymore. And I was like, well, you know, you just can't park it and leave it. It's... It, you know, my, my name's on this also. And uh, she pretty much told me, hey, I, I can't afford it. I can't do this. It cost me, well, I, I should say, let me back up. She said she couldn't afford to pay for it, but she didn't want to give up the vehicle either. It cost me $1,000 to have the car. I had to hire a repo company to get it for me. And then I had to pay for things that had to be done the car. The loan was upside down um, in that. So I had to pay $5,000 to refinance it. And now I'm trying to get rid of a vehicle that's only a couple of years old. And it, it's, really, it's really hard. When you think you know someone and, and you try to help someone in need... They can turn around and really hurt you really fast. Yeah, that's a cautionary tale. And uh, Larry, I've been there myself. I've had my heartstrings pulled and wanted to help somebody else. But when you co-sign, you, uh, what you're saying there is I'm agreeing to pay if this person does not. You are equally responsible and it can damage your credit and you can see what a bind you get into. So um, I, I still will see parents co-signing for grown children. Uh, but even in that, sometimes you get into trouble and you can mess up your own credit along the way.
Larry, thanks so much. As Nancy said, a great cautionary tale. And, you know, a couple of things in there. The idea of it was going fine for a year, but then, right. you know, when you co-sign again, if it's a five-year note, you're on the hook for that whole time. The entire time until it's paid off. And, boy, what a mess that he basically had to repossess the car and that sort of thing. So uh, it was funny. When we were reading the opener, when I saw that co-signer, I was like, Ugh, I don't know about that because you really do have to think about that. So, Larry, thank you so much for sharing that because that was a, a good tale Well, and I've all. seen it even with, with parents and grown children. And it is really damaged relationships when you get into that and you're trusting somebody with your credit, which is a very um, important thing for you to protect. And then that person just wrecks you over the coals. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking about uh, silly ways that you can wreck your credit. We're also looking for your personal finance questions. Been a busy day on the phones. We'd love to hear from you on Money Talks. So give us a call if you'd like to join in at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one 672 7464 We'll be back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. We're looking for your personal finance questions this morning as we also talk about some silly ways to wreck your credit. Uh, before the break, we had a, a Larry called in and gave his story about co-signing a loan and some of the problems that he got into for that. And so that's on the backside, but also in terms of your credit score on the front side, uh, anytime you agree to co-sign a loan, that's a hard check on your credit report. So it might have a little bit of an impact there. So again, uh, that's something that you really do need to think about and someone that you entrust because uh, with any sort of, you know, long-term loan, you're on the hook with that person uh, until the loan is paid yeah, off. You're almost better just handing them the money and let them go their way. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who just out of college, we were out to lunch once and he was asking about co-signing a, a car loan for his friend. And I was like, no, I do not think that's a very good idea. Yeah. Because again, you know, family, there's a little bit more of a connection. But again, a friend situation, you know, things happen, they might get ticked off or something and then who knows. So yeah, uh, I want to think hard and long before a co-signing a loan for someone. Back to the phone lines we go. It's been a busy day. Love hearing from everybody this morning. Next, we're off to Terry. Robert has called in today. Good morning, Robert. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you have for us? Okay, when I was uh, about a sophomore in high school, my mom signed me up for a uh, Visa card and a student card, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 37 now. Uh, I used it just for gas, books, etc. Um, so she passed away. Uh, when she passed away, I got a lot of mail saying that I had not paid over $10,000 and credit card debt. 
um, I did not realize that she had not been paying this. Uh, I just don't know what to do about this at this moment. Because I was a minor when it happened, so I, you know, I did not co-sign for it. She did it. All right, let me ask um, this question. Um, so, Robert, uh, the card was opened when you were a minor. Uh, was was. She, was your mom getting the statements this entire time? Uh, I assume she was. And you were still using it when you became an adult, but you expected your mom to still pay the bill, right? You are correct. Okay. So um, is is her estate, was her estate then donned for the balance? Um, that is something I need to check into. I have not. Um, this is all came to a surprise to me. Um, like I said, I didn't know that she was not paying it. Right. And maybe so, she, you think maybe she expected that you would have picked up the bill at some point? No, ma'am. Okay. Um, so what's going to happen is you need to figure out, first of all, is this officially in your name, meaning you personally are responsible, or was it still under her name, meaning her estate will be responsible? Okay. And either way, it has to be satisfied. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. So um, I think um, you're going to have to go back to the credit card company and explain the situation that she has died and that those statements went to her and you thought those were her responsibility. And then talk to them about what the options are and whose credit is being damaged. If her credit is being damaged, is not a problem because she's gone. But it's a real problem for your credit to be damaged. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Good All right, luck. Robert, thanks for the call. Uh, let's move on next. We've got uh, Frank and Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. I've got the craziest story that I heard on, I guess it was National Public Radio. With the advent of Brexit and the, the looking at the devaluation of the pound, a lot of money people in England are flooding the American market with loans to protect the value of their, their assets. And one of the things they're using is they are allowing you to apply for credit over the Internet. And in exchange for you being reviewed, they asked to put an app on your phone. And as was explained in the story, the app would go through your phone and verify certain things about you. Uh, your 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 habits, your your um, your internet, uh, how you travel, uh, the people you call, the frequency of your calls, and I find this concept very disturbing. I agree, and and, and that is the weirdest thing. Have you seen any of that in Mississippi? Yet? That money is flooding out of Britain into the United States through the credit markets because they want to tie down American dollars with these loans so they can protect the value of their currency. I have not heard of that, but I certainly think you are right to be um, concerned and skeptical about an app that's going to track all of your um, uh, movements and your data. And um, that's what we've been watching, too, this last week, uh, the removal of some regulations on uh, Internet service providers so that now they they are not as hampered on collecting our private information. So you need to be very cautious about all of that. So that's a strange story. Yeah. 
I, I agree, Frank. I would be that that's a, that's frightening to me, too. You know, with our phones these days, we do so much on them and just sort of willingly turning over that thing that that's uh, I don't think I would want to do that. No, that's absolutely sure. not. All right. Thank you. All right. Th- good call, Frank. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, move on. Next, we've got um, Susan, who's on the road this morning with a question. Go ahead, Susan. Good morning. Um, my question sort of has to do with the elephant in the room because you can actually manage your own, like, purchases and consumer stuff. What the heck do you do with medical debt? You can go into oh. a hospital and spend five hours there and use up all the equity you have in your home. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. This is a tough situation. And um, many years ago, what we would see is some, um, I won't say forgiveness, but some uh, carve out for medical debt when it came to your credit, that people understood that that could be an issue and it did not count as much against you. We are not seeing that any longer. And that's the sad part. A lot of bankruptcy is due to a medical event, because as you say, it only takes one or two to really derail your finances. And um, what's happening also with a lot of hospitals, clinics, providers is they used to work with you and I will keep you on my books and I'll, you know, just keep paying me something and we'll work with you. But because they're in such a cash crunch, what they do is they immediately or very quickly sell those receivables. So they sell your accounts to a debt collector and that debt collector is buying those for pennies on the dollar and they're looking to make a profit. And so they're going to hammer you as long and as hard as they can to get whatever they can out of you. And so there's not a lot of relief. I wish there were. There's not a lot you can do except uh, keep paying on it and uh, try to use other resources to get that down, watch whatever credit um, or excuse me, whatever interest rate they're charging you, as well as any kind of late fees, because those can build up and add up in a hurry. Not a mu- much relief right now. I'm sorry. All right, uh, Susan, thanks for the call. And again, uh, that's something that you would want to stay on top of uh, if, uh, you know, through correspondence, not maybe just on the phone, but try to get things in writing if, if, if the hospital is willing to do any sort of, you know, extended payment plan or whatever. Uh, that's something certainly that you want to uh, keep track of and, and make sure that you know where that's going. Uh, another phone call to get to. This time it's John in Pontotoc. Good morning, John. How you doing? Good. What do you have for us? Well, I'm, I'm 67 years old. <clears throat> And I understand that when you reach 70 and a half, you have to cash in some of your investments, stocks and so on. Is that true? Well, that only applies to retirement accounts. So if you have a 401k, an IRA, a 403b, yes. If you have a Roth IRA, it doesn't apply, but a regular IRA, it does. So it's called the required minimum distribution, an RMD. And the year you turn 70 and a half, you have to start doing a calculation. And it's based on the value of all your retirement accounts, and your age, and that determines the next year how much you have to take out. If you don't take out at least that amount, there's a 50% penalty for what you don't take out. So it's a big deal. The idea being that we've given you this ability to save and defer and not pay taxes for all these years, but sooner or later, Uncle Sam is going to get his. And so that's the idea with the RMD. Be very careful. Most of the time, the institution where you have those accounts will send you notice and tell you about it but you also need to keep up with it okay 
Thank you very much. You All do right. a good job. Thank right. you. Thanks, John, for the call. Let's take one final break this hour. When we get back. We got a couple of callers. We really stirred up a hornet's nest with the co-signing issue. I got some calls on that. We'll get to those calls and to your call on the uh, Money Talks. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. The phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Back to wrap up the program after this short break. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. We've been talking a lot today about uh, ways, silly ways that you can ding your credit, also getting some personal finance questions. We've got a couple of callers on the line. So we begin again in South Haven and say good morning to Cornish. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Morning. I, uh, I heard uh, everybody call up and they say, well, don't do, don't, don't, uh, they appear to say anyway, don't ever... Uh, sign because it'll go bad or more likely to go bad and it got me to thinking about uh, my experiences and I thought I would just share it with you and ask a question um, I was very happy in New York City in 1972 I had a job with AT&T installing cables and I was going to college at night I was making so much money, I bought a brand-new 1972 Texas Yellow Volkswagen Beetle. But by November, um, I had a knock on the door, and these two guys came and said, you should have registered for the draft. You didn't, and they gave me a letter to go. So I ended up going and get a physical, and I, before I knew it, I was at Lachlan Air Force Base. And while there, it dawned on me that I owed... Uh, American Express, because I did charge the um, car on my American Express card. In 1999, I paid for it, brand new. And um, I had money to pay them monthly. So I didn't have it. And at basic training, I was barely getting a pittance in 1972. So I walked into the credit union, the Pentagon Federal Credit Union, as it turned out, and I asked for a loan, $750. I was going to use to square things up with American Express and try to get a reduction. And they said, no, uh, you don't have an account with us. So I went to talk to my drill sergeant, Sergeant Weldon Spellman. And I asked if he would co-sign for me. And he looked at me and he says, 
okay, let's go. And he went into the credit union with me and uh, co-signed a note, $750. And uh, I paid it back. Sergeant Spellman was happy. And uh, American Express was happy. And I was happy until they decided to send me to Germany and I couldn't travel with my car. But that co-sign, I remember for the rest of my life to this very day. I also still have that credit union account. I are my primary institution to these, this very day. So um, co-signing doesn't always turn into disaster. And, uh, and the only question I have for you is, aren't there any more good people in the world that us to go ahead and to do a favor and they follow through. I'll hang up and listen. Well, obviously you are one of those good people. And, uh, and I'm glad to hear one of those stories because, you know, we all get into binds occasionally, Kevin, and could use a helping hand. And we don't always have a family member who can help us out. Um, I will say this was a situation where the sergeant knew where to find him, right? <laughs> um, and, and knew that, that, and obviously looked at this person and can trust that. But that is a, it, it is a very tricky situation to co-sign. And I would just say use caution and know what you're getting into. And I applaud you for uh, doing your part and asking for some help, but also making good on the promise. Right. The responsible and that, that proved that. And that so, um, but I agree that, you know, I don't, I hope we didn't come off as saying never do it because that's not the case. But as Nancy said, be very careful about it. Things to consider obviously would be the, the length of the loan, the amount of money involved in the loan, you know, your personal relationship with the person that you're co-signing for, how much you know about their spending habits and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's not a never, but it is certainly something that I think uh, you should really think carefully about before you do that. It can be a minefield. Yes, because yes. you are obligating yourself uh, to, along with that person for the life of that loan. Got another caller, so let's go to Robert, who has a question for us this morning. Good morning, Robert. How you doing today? Good. What's your question? Uh, well, I bought uh, a piece of property and paid cash. Bought the other property next to it with a small uh, trailer on it, which I live in now and pay cash for that. I bought another piece of property next to it, and I paid cash for that for half the value. And all these properties together are worth, like God, I don't know how much, over 15 acres. But I have no credit, and I have taken cash and loaned it to my next-door neighbor so him and his wife could stay in their house till he was able to get back on his feet. He paid me back, but I have no credit. How, how can I get any credit? Oh, that's an easy thing. Well, first of all, um, you've done it right. Um, but the problem is in this day and age, living by cash alone means there's no trail. And it means that limits what you can do is if you need to take out a loan. I would suggest you go down to your bank. Do you have a bank? Yes. Okay, go down to your bank and um, take out a small loan. Maybe you take out a $1,000 loan and you have $1,000 in a savings account that that loan is attached to. And it can be a short-term loan, maybe six months, and you pay it back. There may be a little bit of interest to pay, but it these low rates, it's not going to be dollar-wise very much. Uh, 
And if yeah. you do that, then what you're doing is you're building a credit history. And you can do that more than once and start to build up a record that shows up and then will be there for you when you need to really access the markets to take out a larger loan. Oh, well, I had used my signature for years. Uh, Friends who had businesses trusted me, you know, I'd go in and get gas or something and just run it through a credit card machine just write my name on it, drop it in the slot, pay them at the end of the month. Right. Uh, I've done everything with cash my whole life. I lost a bunch in the stock market. I'm uh, fixing to turn 61 this year, and uh, I only got about 20000 in a 401k because I lost a lot. Right. But I was just wondering, uh, so you say go over to the bank and try that? Yes, sir, and start to build a credit history because, um, I mean, the reality is in this day and age, it's important to have a credit history. It's important to be able to access credit markets in order to do things. All right, Robert, thanks for the call. And I would also say you, you would have a good credit report that way because you're borrowing the money, you borrow the money and you're just paying it right back. So you would be on time and it would be a great way to start a credit history. That's all we have for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show is produced by Sam Wells and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotter Janerson, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next it's in legal terms with sharita brent we'll be back next tuesday at nine for another money talks it's heard only on mpb think radio